You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt and not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, If you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. My name is Parker McDonald and I'm your host. Today, me and Drew are just really recapping the last couple weeks. It has been the the earliest that the Alabama season has ever opened. We're going to recap our experiences and some of the things that we learned from the past two weeks hunting earlier than pretty much we've ever gotten to hunt in Alabama. So stay tuned. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. everybody welcome back to the southern ground hunting podcast i'm joined by my friend drew robbins in addison alabama the big town of addison alabama how's it going in addison right now drew oh well right now in addison it's a little bit sleepy and not doing a whole lot right now but um it's been busy this weekend Uh, i know we had a lot of guys went out in the woods and um and and got got some uh, texts and calls from from some guys that have been successful. So it's it's and then you know with this cold front that came in, man, it's, it was a it's a good weekend to be in the deer woods. It definitely was. Yeah, I mean it, it's I've seen a lot of people been successful uh, all over the country, really. Um, but it really seemed like this past this past week or so is when a lot of the deer hit the ground in Alabama. Um, yeah. which is still, I mean, uh, you know, Mike, Michael Pike shot a buck on public out here. Um, what was it? Uh, Monday or Tuesday, I think. And, uh, so that's still earlier than most, than most people 
have gotten to hunt. I mean, than anybody's gotten to hunt in Alabama. That's still before the statewide opener. And um, yeah. And what he told me, this is interesting. This is an interesting thing. What he told me was that those deer uh, that morning, because I talked to him on the phone the, uh, after while he was headed in that afternoon, before the afternoon that he killed a deer, and uh, he told me that morning that he had a buck and a doe. He had a buck, dog, and a doe down, like, out of sight, but he could hear it grunting and running all morning long. And so after he got out of the tree, he walked down there, and he said there was just lots of, like, open open buck sign, like rut sign. And uh, and then he went in that evening, and I, I assume he killed the same deer. I don't. I haven't really talked to him much other than text messaging, um, but that was interesting. You know, there's there's been a lot of a lot of like kind of crazy things like that happening. I mean, it's just weird to me that you could go in and find rut sign this early, yeah. earlier than the rest of the state is even open. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of people had it's it's been mixed experiences, and I know you've had some really good, like lots heavy deer numbers uh, sits on some private land, and we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. today, and some of the things that you've kind of uh, you kind of figured out and uh, observed, and then we'll talk about my last few sits. We really haven't. Uh, Drew, me and you have both killed deer so far, and we haven't really talked about it a whole lot um, on the podcast. Uh-huh. And so, um, I think that'd be—I think—I think it'd be good to kind of discuss some of the changes that we've seen. You know, if if Alabama keeps doing this with these zones and opening up some of the zones in the state early, then people are going to really be looking for ways to because I, I know a lot of people have had the same experiences that I have which was very low deer numbers and not very many sightings and and practically zero sightings uh, of bucks and yeah. um, and so I know a lot of people are going to be kind of listening and learning how in the in the future to to hunt these times especially in the big woods and uh, and so I think that'd be good it'll be fun to to talk about our story so this is going to be a little bit of story time but it's going to be uh, pretty tactics based based on some of the um, adaptations that we've had to make um, to our to our hunting strategy opening up two weeks mm-hmm. earlier. There's a lot of things that happen, Drew, two weeks earlier. I don't know if you've noticed, but um, oh man, our first our first week there was almost no acorns on the ground. Did you kind of experience no. the same thing? Yeah, there was. I mean, just just walking around and. Um, um, didn't find no acorns, didn't find any, you know, didn't find any of those good feed trees, you yeah. know, that, that were dropping. Um, and, you know, with it, with it opening up, just like you said, the two weeks early, I was, uh, you know, you, you're kind of banking on, um, them kind of being still on a, uh, on an early season pattern, but man, there was no, no acorns dropping. Now that, that changed, um, or at least it seemed to change in the middle of last week. Yeah. And we, I was, I was walking around, started finding some holes and, um, some, some deer sign underneath some acorn trees. But, uh, the, the first week, man, um, I'll be honest. I was, I, I had some high hopes that we'd just be able to, so, to, you know, just ambush some deer and, and just surprise them. Cause they're not used to being hunted this early, yep. but that was, that was that was not the case, man. Yeah, it just it just wasn't. Yeah, they 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 all seem to be just well hidden. I have some spots that I go to, 
early season normally. So normally Alabama opens on the 15th or somewhere around there. I think it's usually the 15th no matter what day it is. Um, that's mm-hmm. when it opens October 15th. This year it was October 1st, so it was early, just in case anybody doesn't isn't familiar with it. Um, so I have these spots that I go to, these areas that I typically – will do all of my doe killing at. So I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't normally start going after bucks until I've got a couple of does on the ground already. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But these areas that I go to, like, for example, last year, um, I was actually in Georgia for the opener. So I didn't get to hunt Alabama until, like, the 17th or the 18th. And uh, on that first sit, I saw over at least 30 does. Like, there was a ton of does in this area all morning long. That was just one morning. I hunted till 11, and I saw, like, 30 deer. And then that evening, jumped another 10 deer on the way in, had a little uh, a little forky come in um, that, that afternoon. And then right at dark that night, I had just a herd. It sounded like a herd of deer um, come in in range at about 15, 10 or 15 yards but it was too dark. I couldn't get a shot, and they ended up smelling me and blowing and all that stuff. So it was uh, it, it was definitely a big difference from that from last year's first Alabama sit and this year's first Alabama sit. So um, yeah, we'll we'll kind of just start off with that with that first sit for me. I went into um, that same area that morning. I went into that same area and did not even see the first sign of a deer um but it's not totally true i saw one walking in um but as far as sitting i didn't see any deer and there were hardly any tracks on some of the creek crossings that are in that same area this is the same spot where i went in and saw 30 deer the first sit last year so um, I have high hopes every time I go in there, and they just, the deer just were not there. And as I was walking out, I noticed, man, there's just no sign in here. Even on the beach where I put my kayak, usually it's just, you can't walk five steps without finding, you know, a hundred deer tracks. <laughs> They're just usually everywhere in there. Yeah. You've hunted that same area, and you know kind of what it normally looks like. Yeah. Um, but it just it just wasn't the case this time. I didn't see a deer until, let's see, that was a Thursday. I took off work that Thursday, the first. I didn't see a deer until the third, and I shot it. That was the first doe that I killed. And um, and to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have killed that deer if some dogs hadn't have jumped them up. Um, yeah. I was definitely in a good area. I was in an area that has a ton of deer, but uh, that was a diff- it was a different spot that I had not intended to hunt until... I was buck hunting and, uh, but I just, I wasn't seeing any deer in my normal areas. So I went in here, shot a deer at like seven fifty in the morning and not 10 minutes later, two dogs came running out of the woods. And I was like, man, those dogs may have scared those deer over here, bumped them out of their bed. Um, and th- that video is up. I didn't have the dogs on video cause I didn't have my camera running, but, um, so that was that was kind of my same my, my experiences that first weekend. What did you? I know you had a little bit different experiences because you were hunting a little bit different type of area. Talk about the the private land that you were hunting and the field and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a, um, a Gunner Church has a um, has a has a big green field. It's it's a 
it's a real big one. Got a got a shooting house on it, and he he's got a ton of does on it. And um, he's like, man, he goes, you know, hunt it. Um, it's, it's the same one that I got to hunt last year. And um, and and so last year when when I was gun hunting, it, I saw. I mean, I would always see does there. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna come back during during bow season, and and I'm gonna you know get some. I'm gonna fill the freezer. So um, so that so that's what I did. I ended up jump shooting a doe um, off of it. But um, there was there was one afternoon where um, I I saw 16 deer, and um, all of them were does, which you know <laughs> I let you know that there's some does need to be taken off there, and um, and so. I, I saw 16 deer. Um, didn't you I, I didn't also, you see a buck in there in that green in that field before that though? I did, I did. The the um, I think it was the it, it wasn't the it wasn't the Thursday that it opened. It might have been that Friday. No, or it's either Friday or Saturday. Yeah, it was it was, it was early sit over there. Yeah, it was it was the first sit over there, and um, and I had I I seen probably five to six does. Um, and then uh, right at dark, um, it, it, it was way past shooting light. I mean, I, I couldn't see my pins or, or nothing. The only way I was able to see this deer was was because of, of the, the green field. And, and and it was a buck. It came out, I mean, wait. I mean, and it was it was, it was a good buck. Um, and so I, I was able to see it through my binos. If I, didn't have, if I didn't have those, I wouldn't have been able to tell what it was. And... Um, so, but it it came out and it's, it's just a green field. There's there's no corn on it or anything like that. It's just just a good old fashioned green field. And um, and so uh, I saw some deer there. Um, I went went on a public um, one of one of those days on and it, and it, it's a spot where um, uh, me me and you actually tag team hunted it um, yep. and didn't see. Didn't see nothing. That was the same and, area where I where I hunted opening day, and yeah, and yeah. you always go in there and you have high expectations because usually there's just so many deer. You missed a deer in there last year. I yeah, missed a deer in there. I don't know if I ever actually killed one in there last year or not. I don't think I did. I didn't kill one over there last year, but it wasn't for lack of seeing them. I mean, they were definitely there. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was the first sit that I that that I had in there that I didn't see deer, and um, didn't didn't really know what it was. I mean, because I mean there was I mean I the only thing that that I could think of and something me and you talked about Parker was maybe maybe there was a, a feed tree that we hadn't found yet, but I didn't even see any acorns really falling then. You know. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just like go ahead. I was just gonna say, that's kind of want to. I, I want to break down this this first weekend real quick because I think yeah. you're right. I think you are right. And in my conversations with other people, they were they were not finding nearly the amount of acorns. But it really required a lot of scouting that you wouldn't normally that I, I don't normally have to do um, during the during that early part of the season. And it's. It's kind of mm-hmm. those those hang and hunt type situations where you are, I mean, scout and hunt type situations right. where you've got to go in because I do believe that somewhere in the vicinity there was there were feed trees somewhere there was acorns on the ground and the deer were pounding them um, somewhere and they just weren't in the areas that usually we can depend on 
And I think, you right. know, if I go and hunt there, I'm going to go and hunt there again this week and see if things are a little bit different. And I can almost guarantee you that it will be because I know that I know the that the the trees have produced because I could see the acorns in the trees. They just hadn't dropped yet. So I'm going to go back this week after this cold front came through. We had some wind, uh, a lot of rain last week. I'm going to go back and see if if things are a little bit different. And I can imagine they probably are. Um, but I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Like there was probably one main feed tree that we just didn't find and, and, right. didn't, and, and wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't planning on having to find it either just because normally you go in there and there's a lot of deer. But the other thing is in, in the big woods, like what we're hunting, where you don't have a lot of, um, like concentrated food sources, uh, other, you have a lot of natural brows, which is spread apart. Uh, it's it's spread, you know, everywhere. So it's kind of hard to find those those you know areas, those little pockets. Um, it's hard to pinpoint where the deer are going to be at. Uh, you don't have ag. We don't have corn. We don't have soybeans. Um, on the public, there's not a lot of green fields around where we're hunting. There are some on private land which is kind of what you experienced. Um, and yeah. and going back to late season, so last year, if people listen to the podcast through you know, February last year, I hunted pretty stinking hard. I had a lot of all-day sits in the areas that I would consider to be high, you know, target-rich environments, and I wasn't being super picky for my last buck tag towards the end of the season. I was like, you know what, if I see a buck – and and I did let some smaller bucks, you know, some some spikes and three points and four points walk during that time, but I wasn't ultra picky, and um and I just I just didn't see deer. You go out on these these big woods chunks of property, and you're just not gonna find a lot of deer on on that in the late season because the acorns are gone. Um, they've got natural browse, so if you if you find a thick area, the deer are probably living in there, but you're just not gonna see them. The people who are killing deer in that late season, either one, have some type of crop that they're hunting, two, they're on right. private land and they're able to hunt, you know, corn piles, or they're on private land and they've got green fields. They've got those those food sources that are available to the deer in the late season that you're just yeah. not going to find in big, big woods. You're just not going to find them. And honestly, in in some of the uh, some of the the public areas that do have green fields there's so much pressure on them during that time that they're probably not that productive either because the deer right. are hitting them at night or whatever. Um, and so it, it seemed really similar to late season. That's what it seemed like to me on a lot of these, these early, early season hunts in Alabama. And, uh, and so it was interesting to me because I was like you, I thought, man, there's going to be a lot of bucks that die since they're opening mm-hmm. up early. And there was a couple there was a couple. There was one guy that killed um, out of this this same uh, the same public area. He killed a really nice eight point that was still in full velvet on October first. He killed it opening day, and it was in full velvet. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was he was a good buck. That was a really good buck. Um, uh, our friend Justin Moser and Brian Ham, the the guys that have tracked for me in the past, they got to track that deer and. I mean, he was he was a he was a good one, and uh, so there was a couple bucks that that died, and I, I think, 
you know, um, one of the things that I was talking with, uh, with actually with Michael about uh, early on was that a lot of the acorns seem to be falling in on the higher elevation areas. So if you could get mm-hmm. on top of a ridge, that's where you would find you know most of the the acorns that were dropping a little bit earlier, and that probably had to do a lot with wind knocking them down, being up at the top. Honestly, um, yeah. And so that was yeah. that was just it was just an observation that I had. Things were very much different than what I thought they were going to be. And looking into the future, I think it would be I think it would be a good idea to really you know next year if they do the same thing next year to scout and um, to scout probably sometime around the end of September and see if you can find some of those earlier dropping white oaks and um, to concentrate. Because I was on, you know, most of the time I was on decent sign where I would end up hunting at other than that first day. Um, But you saw the creek crossing that I hunted the day that we tag teamed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was was covered up in, in deer tracks. So I should have been seeing deer, but I just wasn't. And, uh, yeah. and then that finally that third day I shot that doe and that was cool, you know, but at the same time, I, I know I was in a good area. This is an area that I hunted a lot last year. It's kind of a, uh, like a 150 acre track of property of public and that's kind of isolated. And, uh, man, I mean, it, it's covered in deer. I actually killed both of my deer off of the same, the same area. Um, so moving into week two, you know, Week two, you and I both killed deer. So you killed one. Um, you killed your first one before I killed my second one. So talk a little bit about that, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of what your experience was with that, which isn't going to be yeah. terribly different because it was the same piece. But um, yeah, it, it was the same piece, and um, um, I actually um, when I when I hunt the spot, I don't I don't try to hunt the spot um, unless I can just get in and get out like real quick mm-hmm. um and it's it's one of those where if i have an hour prior to work or right after work or um like like what what happened on friday we uh, we were going out of town to georgia i was gonna go and visit my brother and um we're gonna go hunting over there which which we ended up doing but um i had i had an hour to sit and um just didn't didn't want to uh, uh get on public land just because with 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 some most or, or some of our public land, it, it it's not worth it to walk in for just an hour. Yeah, and um, and so I I eased over there and I thought, man, the first the first doe that I see, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, um, shoot her, and and just happened that that uh, that that she popped out six forty five came in and um, uh, gave me brought that shot and I uh, turned it loose and um, shooting those um. um um, heavy arrows with uh, uh, the cut on contact, uh, big BPA broadheads. I mean, I'm, I'm talk about talk about your setup for a second. What's the total arrow weight? Yeah, and all that stuff. The total arrow weight for mine is uh, 715 grains. Jesus, and um, <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's it's a it's a, it's, it's a big arrow. It's a, it's a lot of arrow, and um, it was it was cool to see. You know, we we did the we did the podcast with Ranch Ferry, and you know, there's there's a bunch of um, uh, um, heavy arrow, um, um, you know, content uh, geeks out there right now yeah. that, are, that are just building, and, and and that's awesome. So it was cool to see what would happen when I shot her. Um, she didn't mule kick or nothing, um, and I, you know, you see it on TV and all this different stuff. You all see mule kick, all that stuff. 
she she I shot her. She turned and ran out of the food plot, stopped in the pine trees and walked. And um, about five minutes later, I heard, I heard some rustling, and I was like, "Well, maybe maybe that's her." And sure enough, it was. She she'd gone forty yards and it piled up, and um, and uh, didn't didn't bleed a whole lot. Um, and but I got thinking about it. She wasn't running, so she wasn't she wasn't pumping out blood. Yeah. And 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 I and I double lunged her. I mean, it was there was lung blood everywhere when I got to her. Yep. Um, but she she wasn't running. She was just walking because she didn't know what had happened. And um, and so that was that was really cool to see. So got her loaded up and got her back to the house. And um, I want to. And then before you, before you get off of that subject, I want to talk about that too. Um, with my yeah. with my first deer this year, this is the first deer that I've shot with, you know, the heavy cut on contact heads. I'm using the VPA, basically the little brother to your, to your, what you're like using like the 300 grain heads, right? Yeah. So you, you're way up there. I'm using the 175s with a 70 grain insert. Um, and I want to say my, my FOC at the time, my FOC was at 20.4%, but uh, I recently added lighted knocks because I've lost every one that I've shot just about, except for the first one, and I was just tired of it. I'm like, these arrows are too expensive to be losing. Yeah. Um, but I didn't use lighted knocks because I didn't want to mess with the FOC because I was happy with it. But, you know, I, I I ended up putting some on there, and I think I'll probably be uh, happy with it. The The problem was is during my – in the videos and stuff, I, and, and even – when I would make the shot, I wasn't able to see exactly where I hit. And uh, I think the lighted knocks yeah. are going to be a big a big help for me on that as far as that's concerned. But um, that's the same same thing that happened with both of my deer. But talking about the first one that I shot, it was not a very good shot. I mean, it was a hard quarter away at my 6 o'clock. And I was standing on my tiptoes to get over a branch that was right in front of me. It was kind of like my back cover. I was using his back cover and those deer came out right behind me. And, uh, I thought I drilled her just because she, she ran like 10 steps and then just fell over dead. Like before she ever even, before her head hit the ground, she didn't (laughs) flop. She didn't like move her leg, kick her legs or anything. She was just dead. And, uh, and so I thought, man, I just, crushed her and i got up there to it and there was gut all over the arrow and i was like well i don't know <laughs> but i mean obviously I could, <laughs> I could see her what ended up happening was i hit the back leg and went through the femoral artery through the hip and out the guts out like kind of front guts and uh and that femoral artery just i mean when you hit that it 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 kills them pretty quick but when they don't yeah. know what what happened, they don't know that they're hit. They're just they don't do do much. Imagine like imagine no. seeing a doe or seeing a deer, just a deer in the woods, and you clap your hands just real loud. You clap. They're gonna run. They're gonna spook out of reaction, and then they're gonna run maybe a couple feet, and then they're gonna turn around and look to see what that what see what it was. Um, they may yeah. run to some cover and then stop and see what it is, and. That's exactly what happens. They don't know what hits them. They're not. They don't know that they're hit, and the longer they stand mm-hmm. there to look, the more their body starts feeling sick, and they start realizing, oh, right. something's wrong, and then they fall over dead. 
And so that's exactly what happened. The crazy thing was I went through the hip and then through a significant amount more deer in the guts and that arrow just whipped through it like butter. I mean, it just, it just went through so fast. And, and I know people like, I, I'm not stupid. I, I watch, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on social media. I see all the memes and I know it's a trend and guys who are stuck in their old ways of rages and whatever, they get butthurt about people doing it. But it, I mean, it's just more effective. Like it just is. I know there's people that are probably going to listen to this and be like, man, just jumping on the bandwagon. Well, yeah. Yeah, and it's more effective. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah, well, I mean, you you you've had two die on camera. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and Parker to to kind of add to that when when I went to my brother's, he he actually shot a doe and hit her in the exact I I can't say the exact same spot because you know, but he 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 hit her in the back ham and he's shooting a mechanical, you know, one of the big ones, uh, mm-hmm. really popular one. And the only reason that we found that deer was because he cut the um, artery there on yeah. the back hip. Yeah, that for more. Um, if it wasn't for that, because when, whenever we got to her, um, he he didn't he he went to the back hip and it, it didn't even get to the guts. It it just hit the back hip and stopped. Wow. And and so if he hadn't hit that artery, I'm I'm not I can't say that we you know wouldn't have found her. But there's a, I mean, there's a high probability. I mean, because he just hit muscle. That's all yeah. it would have been was just a, a backhand hit, you know. And, and it wouldn't um, have made it far enough to go into the guts to be. Fatal. No. No, no, yeah. There was, there was no. The only thing that saved him was him cutting that artery. And and you know that's you know that's where guys say, well, that's what that's what happens with a you know big cut cut on contact. Well, you know the the this doe was also heat up and she was thirty yards away. And had kind of caught his wind a little bit, and knew something was up. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever, whenever my brother shot her, she actually turned and wheeled, and um, and and that's when he hit her right there in the back. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, you could have you can have an arrow for you know for the perfect broadside shot, but they don't drop and move and duck, or you can have an arrow that if they do those things, which they are going to do this thing it just ups your odds. And, you know, we had Shane, Shane Simpson on and he was like, you know, we have much better success if there's an entry and an exit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, and there's just no arguing those numbers. I mean, you can, you can sit here and be like, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a mechanical guy. That's, that's fine. And, and it is 100% fine. Shoot the way that you want to shoot. But, but also um, don't, don't get mad at me for shooting the way that I want to shoot. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just, let's just say with the deer that I shot that I wouldn't have hit that femoral artery and it wouldn't have killed it fast. Let's just, let's just suppose I missed the artery by a couple inches or whatever. It did the exact same thing. It goes through that hip, through, through the leg, through the hip, whatever, and out the guts. Well, that's still going to be, I'm still going to find that deer if I play my cards right on a gut shot. Right. If I let it lay, right. let it do its thing, um, it's not ideal, but it's still going to kill it. If I've got exactly. a if I've got a mechanical that hits the same spot and stops on that hip, doesn't hit doesn't hit uh, the artery or anything, well, I'm I'm never going to find it. That deer's probably going to live. It's probably going to be fine with an arrow sticking out of its butt. Um, yeah. 
but with a gut shot deer, it's going to die every single time. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take. And so if I would have missed it, I still would have come home with a deer. It just may have taken longer for me to get it. So I, yeah. you know, I, there, things are, things are trends, but if you watch, if you watch a lot of YouTube videos right now of guys who did jump on the quote-unquote bandwagon, you're seeing a lot of deer die on camera this year with with a bow. I, I mm-hmm. mean, and and if you watch it, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Like, these people just, they're you're, people are not losing deer nearly as much with these heavier cut-on-contact blades. It's just, like, I, I'm not going to say that it's fact, because I know that there there have been some situations where guys didn't recover their deer, but you just I will say that it's fact that you have a lot better chance of being able to recover your deer if you play your cards right. And a lot of a lot of people yeah. not not recovering their deer is probably more uh, a user error in how they're how they're pursuing the hit animal. You know, if I gut shot a deer with a you know. 900 grain arrow or whatever and i don't give it the 8 to 12 hours well that's my fault if i don't recover it or if i don't if i don't find the if i don't find the uh or get a dog or something like that that's that's going to be my fault anyways off of off of that that uh soapbox i just i hear a lot of people especially right now as people are having success and attributing that success to these these heavier setups as see a lot of people getting butt hurt and you know doing what they do on facebook yeah. keyboard warriors yeah. and well, i ain't never had no problem with whatever head so yeah anyways yeah. um well it's so going 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 back to you know the the um kill and everything so i i went in um i killed her had her had her had her out by by seven thirty and was coming back to the house. You know, <laughs> once again we 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 had to go to Georgia. Um, I was going to go to Georgia and deer hunt with my brother there, which I, which I ended up doing, and it was really cool. Um, we 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 hunted uh, one day there and um, was able to get on some public lands. Um, and hunted uh, my my brother's um, private land uh, Monday morning. Monday afternoon, uh, I scouted around and uh, found some public land and found found some really good sign. And um, I was able to set up and actually had two does come in on me. I was set up on a drainage going down in, in, into a creek. And on the other side of the creek was an acre and flat. Um, and, you know, one, one of those things that, that me and you have found, especially here, drainages work really well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and, it's like, a, it's and, like so an that, exit. It's like an exit yeah. off of a highway. Yeah, and so what? What I had, I, I had um, acorns on the on one side of the creek, a drainage going up into private land. There's a big, it's a big um, open like hayfield pasture, and they were feeding in it, bedding in it, and and so I was like, man, this is this is perfect, you know. And um, so um, set up on it, and um, and and had two does come um, from um, they came in downwind of me. And um, um, came and just got just a, just a little bit of my wind and didn't blow or nothing, but just just hopped off and and and, and they came in off them on my weak side, which you know we're, we're saddle hunting, so it was my weak side. So turning to try to get that shot um, was uh, going to be really really difficult. And um, 
but it was cool. You know, I, I went to a state that I'd um, never hunted public land on before and was able to kind of take some of our um, tactics that, that we use here in um, Alabama, take them over there and almost pulled it off on just a total blinds. I mean, uh, me, me and my brother went and scouted that. Um, we, we walked out of that creek bottom and saw a ton of sign and it, it was, it was just, it was hunting the fresh, it was hunting the fresh shine and it took us, we, we walked most of the day and didn't find hardly anything. And then we found the fresh sign and I went back and set up on it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's a, that's the best way in my opinion to hunt new pieces of public, like just find that most recent sign and, and set up. That's cool. So, um, I want to, I want to kind of skip forward a little bit. Uh, you and I both had that second week. I mean, on Mm -hmm. on public, it was, it was really the similar experience. I hunted fairly hard, you know, throughout the week. It rained that weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, did not see a deer Friday or Saturday. Not, not anything. I mean, it was, it was just bad. And I went into some, you know, decent spots on a, a pretty re- a really good spot on Friday uh where I've I've killed a buck at uh during the rut in the past and really I mean there's a lot of deer that use this little area um didn't see anything and really honestly didn't even see a lot of deer sign in there because the acorns hadn't, yeah. hadn't dropped in there yet I found a couple um like 50 yards away from where the boat was at I had to climb a mountain and so like on the flat before you go up, uh, on my way out, there was a really, really fresh, humongous buck turd and some acorns on the ground. And I was like, dadgummit, I should have just set up here. Um, and that's where all the deer were using. So when you talk about that, that hot feed tree, that was Mm -hmm. it, you know, I had found it, but I just didn't know it was there until I was walking out. And probably if I would have hunted it that morning, I mean, this, this turd, had fallen within the last, well, I'll give you an example. It had rained that morning, and that turd was not covered in rain, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, it wasn't wet. It was still, I don't know, not dry, because it was, it was wet yeah. because it was a turd. But you know what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't, it hadn't oh, been yeah. sitting out in the rain. Um, so probably yeah. that had happened within the last hour or so. And if I would have set up there, I probably would have killed him. And uh, and so yeah. that that was kind of you know eye opening for me, especially for that specific spot. Looking looking in the future, like maybe don't maybe don't hike up the mountain and go up to the top. And I was just mostly thinking about you know acorns falling at the highest elevation, but at this specific spot, they were falling in the lower elevation. And uh, uh, yeah, so that that was and and a lot of it has to do with. The uh, the wind, you know, the um, kind of your dominant winds, and that spot sets up really well for a wind coming out of the uh, coming out of the east. So most of the time, the winds are coming out of the south this time of year, and so a at the bottom of of a of a really it was a slough coming off the water. In that slough, a wind coming out of the south is still going to hit that tree the same way that it would. It's basically a west-facing slope, and yeah, and the it you know it's going to hit the the wind's going to hit those trees the same way, and so those acorns are falling down. It was just something interesting that I started putting in my head, putting together because I'm like, it makes no sense. 
why these deer are using this right here when it would be a lot safer and it would probably take a lot less work for them to just stay up on top. Well, then I put it kind of together. Yeah. So, so that was, that was Friday, Saturday. It, I pretty much got rained out. I only hunted till about nine that morning and it rained consistently the whole time. I was just waiting for breaks in the rain to see if they would come out. I was hunting over persimmons and, uh, and it never stopped. I mean, it was just, I was soaked the whole day. Um, Saturday, uh, no, that was Saturday. Sunday after church is when I stopped, shot my second deer. And I went back into that same area, uh, probably about half a mile or so away from where I killed the first deer, but it was in the same like chunk. Um, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to go around a a big bend anyways. Uh, I hunted a spot that I never hunted. Uh, well, I hunted it one time in January last year. Um, and so I walk in and immediately, as soon as I get out of the boat and come up on top of the ridge, a deer blows at me and I was like, okay. And so I walk a little bit further and I start finding acorn holes on the ground with the notches where the deer had cracked them. I was like, all right. So I walk a little bit further and, uh, the trail that there's a big, huge deer trail that goes all the way around the side of this hill, all the way back to like the, the, I was hunting the same deer trail when I shot the first deer. Um, it just, it's just the most heavy deer trail maybe that I've ever seen in Alabama. Um, the dirt on it, the, the dirt is so packed down that it feels like concrete on this, yeah. on this trail. And then if you watch the most recent video that I uploaded, you can see it. It's just, it's just a stupid heavy trail. And so I walked past that and I was going to hunt this, the edge of this bedding area. Um, cause I was really kind of, I was kind of hunting for bucks, but it would shoot a doe if I saw a doe. So about four thirty, four thirty that evening, by the way, there were acorns dropping all over this area and you could tell the deer were tearing it slap up. So I knew I was going to have, I was going to see deer that night before I even set up and about four thirty, those does come out and long story short, I ended up shooting one and they were munching on acorns hardcore. Like that was how I actually saw the deer is I heard the loud pop of an acorn uh, crack. And so I, I was in and out of there before dark. And, uh, and so that was cool. Um, now moving forward into, into this week, which was, uh, basically the, I didn't hunt a ton midweek, honestly, but yesterday, uh, I hunted, well, I hunted Friday at, uh, my friend's private hunting club, which was fun as crap. He saw a ton of deer. And I was just kind of going in and hunting it like I would hunt public and hunting a lot of transitions. And I saw some deer, um, had some fawns come up and sniff my sticks and, uh, saw a doe. It was, it was fun. I hadn't hunted, you know, like that on a hunting club in a while. And so it was nice to just walk a couple hundred yards from the truck and set up, (laughs) you know, I still sat in my saddle and I sat over a green field that evening, sat in my saddle and, uh, so that was cool. Not really a ton to talk about there, but yesterday is, is really kind of what I wanted to get into because, um, yesterday was my first big buck encounter in Alabama of the season. And, yeah. uh, Drew, me and you talked about this area quite a bit. Cause I, I've been pretty stuck on it. The way it works mm-hmm. out is off of the water. It goes straight up 
right? And it's a, uh, let's see, it would be a south-facing slope. So it really works well on a north wind, on a wind coming out of the north. If if you're trying to hunt deer um, coming to a bedding area in the morning, it really works well. The, it's thick, man, it's thick on those on those hill that slope um, because it's it's really so far away from any any access point that they just don't come in and they don't burn it. They don't really do a whole lot to it. So um, because it of the way that that slope kind of faces. And the way the sunlight hits it, like the the vegetation just grows up super thick. The understory is insane, and there's only really one spot that you can get up into it from the water because there's a drainage coming down. And yeah. even at that, man, like it's it's still thick. And once you get on top, they have it's got a, a a big clear cut on it, a fairly new clear cut, probably a couple years old. It actually doesn't show up on the maps. And, um, and not on the new ones. Onyx kind of did some updates and their m- maps are actually older than what they used to be. Uh, cause the old map actually showed the clear cut, but the new ones don't. And so <laughs> that clear cut comes all the way down. Um, and there's only about a section about 20 to 30 yards wide from the point that it's the the hillside the steep hillside starts to flatten out until you get to that cutover so it basically makes a little thin funnel of woods of thick woods um between the slope and the uh the cutover which was something that i found last year i actually was just kind of walking around during gun season during late season didn't really have anything else to do i didn't want to set up and so I just walked around, and that was a that was a good walk that day because I found a ton of buck sign in there, not just an overwhelming amount of deer sign. It really goes back to um, what uh, what Nathan Killen talked about, really hunting those deer, especially in the hills, hunting the big mature bucks away from the uh, large amounts of deer sign. And so I'd been really thinking about this and I, I really wanted to hang a camera there and me and you were going to go and put a camera up there one day and we just couldn't work it out to where yeah. the kayaks where we could both get in, get in there and everything. Um, so I didn't put a camera in there, but yesterday we had this cold front come in and I was like, okay, the wind is coming. It's going to be coming kind of out of the Northeast, which sets up perfect for a deer wanting to bed on those points overlooking that water. And so what I believe is going to happen is they're going to come out of the clear cut uh, and and work their way into that bedding area. And so I set up, and this is, this is where it gets pretty cool. I set up fairly, not blind, knowing the area that I wanted to go into where I found some rubs during that walk last year um, and some gigantic buck tracks. I mean huge buck tracks in this area. Mm-hmm. and um, and hardly any doe tracks. There wasn't a whole lot, but I knew there was a big buck that lived in that block of woods. The block of woods is not huge, probably, you know, 30 acres or so of actual standing woods, and then the rest is clear-cut yeah. on top. I knew there was a big buck that was living in there. Um, maybe more, but I knew for sure there was one because I followed his tracks out of, out of the clear cut and into 
the bed. I found his bed in there, and it was it was a good setup, big buck turds and everything. Went in there first thing in the morning yesterday. Uh, two deer blew out while I was setting up. I thought not a big deal. They were in the clear cut, and uh, I thought you know this isn't it's not a big deal. I set up on a slight, very slight depression. Um, coming out of the clear cut that almost leads directly to his bed. It was it was where my tracking, uh, my breadcrumbs on Onyx were uh, following. And this slight depression, it always seems, Drew, like these bigger bucks. Um, deer in general mm-hmm. are going to use those, but the bigger bucks are going to use the, the ones that are more subtle, right? Yeah. And so I set up on that slight depression expecting – the deer to come out of the clear cut and into the bed. When I got there, um, I started finding a lot of acorns on the ground right where that that little that little drainage was. A lot of acorns on the ground, lots of cracked ones, good amount of, you know, where you could see the deer had been coming through there and eating the acorns. And so I thought, man, I might actually see more deer than I was expecting because it was really my first like aggressive buck sit of the season. I got two done, two does under my belt. I'm good. Uh, It's not that kind of area that I want to go in and really shoot a doe. If I see one, just because I don't think the deer population in this specific part is as high. And so I want to leave some of the does alone, honestly, because I think during the rut, it's going to be even better. So get in there, set up, don't see anything until 9.30. At 9.30, I start hearing something, and I'm looking, and I'm like, maybe it's just a squirrel. I'm not seeing anything. It's pretty thick, like I said. Um, it opens up a little bit more in this area, but not just a ton. And uh, 9.30, I hear it. I hear it. I'm like, man, I don't know where that is at. And then all of a sudden, the way the sun, I don't know if people are listening to this, you kind of understand. When you set up in a spot where the sun is kind of at your face, um, when it gets up over the trees a good bit and starts shining down in your face and you can't see because it's actually reflecting off the top of the leaves that are in there. And so you can't really see mm-hmm. the ground all that good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it really sucks for cameras because your camera will focus on the trees that the sun's shining on. Well, all of a sudden I catch some movement right on the edge of the woods going into the clear cut and there's that buck standing there and I can see him walking into the clear cut. So he had passed by me at some point, probably out of range cause I could pretty well see everything that would be in range, but he passed by me at some point using the other side of the drainage that I was set up on, on that slight depression. And uh, just judging by the way his body was, was faced in the direction he was walking. He came out of the bedding area. So he had already gotten into his bed for the morning and then left and was walking into that clear cut and probably going to bed. That clear cut goes up a little bit higher in elevation, probably going to bed down into that, in that clear cut at the higher elevation. But I saw him, Mm -hmm. I didn't get him on camera because I mean, I saw him for a split second, but drew, I'm telling you, he was massive. He was, he was the buck that I was in there after. Um, yeah. Which is awesome because I, it made me feel good. It made me feel like I'm not stupid, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe I do yeah. know, maybe I do know a little bit about how to get on these bigger bucks out here. Um, I hated that I wasn't able to get a shot off on him 
and uh, and that he he beat me. You know, he 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 walked over my walk-in trail, which sucks because that means he he knew something had come in there. Um, yeah. But I saw him. Well, I was planning on hunting till about ten o'clock. Then we were going to go to a Halloween thing on uh, here in town with some friends. And so I was planning on doing that. Well, that buck goes in, and I'm following the sound of the birds, and he goes right into the edge of that clear cut and beds down, like 75, 80 yards away from me. He beds down in there, and I can hear the birds that were following where he was at, and they just stayed in that one spot. Like, And every 15 minutes or so, they would go crazy again, just just nuts in that same spot all day long i had one bottle of water no food i was not planning on hunting all day and uh i i texted my wife i was like hey there's a big buck that's bedded bedded up right here next to me and i think when he gets hungry he's going to come into these woods and he's going to eat these acorns that are in here and uh and so i'm going to try to wait him out if i can and she was like yeah that's fine um don't worry about it stay there if you want to whatever and so, dude, I sat there all day long until dark waiting on this buck. And almost all day long, every time, I think what was happening was he would get up to adjust or maybe eat some eat some leaves or something, eat some browse that was around him. But about every 15 to 20 minutes, those birds would start going crazy in the same spot. And uh, he was out of my sight. I couldn't see him, but I knew exactly what was going on. And, uh, and so I stayed there all day long in my saddle. People who say you can't sit all day in your saddle that you can, um, if you want it bad enough. I mean, I'm not going to say that I was like, you know, it wasn't like sitting in a lazy boy all day long, but it was comfortable. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't uncomfortable. Mostly more than anything, I was having a hard time rationing water. Um, cause I had, I had one bottle of water with me and that was it. And no food. I was hungry. I didn't eat anything that morning coming in because I wasn't planning on hunting all day or even really super late. And so I just I just sat there all day long. Um, well, I guess, uh, let's see. I got down, I mean, I got down when I couldn't see my pins. I get down mm-hmm. and uh, I don't see another deer. I didn't see another deer all day. Um, but I knew that buck was standing there. Or sitting there, laying down. I get down, and I get to about my second stick, and I hear a deer in that direction walking. And so I stop, and that deer walks, I mean, my direction. He was walking at me, and um, I had reached up to turn my headlamp off. I turn my headlamp off, and I hear I hear it run off. I, I guess it it heard the click or, or something. And that deer, I mean, I know it was him. I know he was walking right to me, right at dark. He probably knew something wasn't right. And when I started making a little more noise, he came to investigate. And, uh, that was my hunt. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a test of endurance and how bad do you want it? It was one of those type of hunts because most guys would have said, you know what, I'm getting down. I don't care. But I I wanted it bad. I wanted it real bad. 
and I was close, yeah. man. I was I was so close, but I'm I wanted to share the story just to, um, you know, maybe give hope to guys, or if you find yourself in a similar situation where a buck crosses by, and you know that he's going into a bedding area. Man, I mean, it can work, and it almost worked for me by being patient, you know, just waiting him out. It, I mean, yeah. all it would have taken was 20 minutes early, 15 minutes early, yeah. and I would have had a uh, – I'm not going to say he was be – my biggest buck ever is a 133, 134, something like that. Um, On the hoof, in the split second that I saw him, he looked bigger than that. He was a he was a good yeah. one. He was he was a really good one for the yeah. area. Um, but I know he's in there, and I played it fairly safe. I'm not going to go back in there for a while, and I think yeah, I think he'll I think he'll stay around because nobody else is going to hunt it. And uh, I, I man, it was just it was just one of those hunts, man, where you you do everything that you think is right, and then you find out that yeah i did the right thing i wouldn't have i wouldn't have known yeah. that's where he was bedded down at if i hadn't have stayed you know known 100 percent for sure but yeah when that happened when he ran off and he was coming in he was coming in to either investigators and he's probably going to get up and feed on these acorns at some point and it was just one of those it was just one of those sits man where you're just like man i almost had it i did not kill him yeah. for my lack of hunting ability does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It all it took was if I would have set in a tree thirty yards, you know, closer to where he came out at, I would have killed him. If I would have set in a tree sixty yards closer, he would have never smelled smelled me, um, because he would have I would have been on the other side of him. He would have never winded me, and or not winded me, but caught my walk in trail like he more than likely did. Um, it was just, it was just a, there was so many things that I could have done just a little bit different and killed him. But I mean, I was, I was on him, you know? And, uh, yeah. it, I think, I think a lot of guys underest, underestimate the, the aggressive, um, how aggressive do I need to be? The, if I, if I push in too deep, if I get too close, I'm gonna, you know, mess, mess up that hunt forever and I'm, I may have messed up the spot for a little bit, but I don't think that that deer is going to spook out of there. He never blew one time. Um, he definitely knew something wasn't right whenever he came back, but I'm going to give it time, and I guarantee you he's going to be right back in there because he lived. He's there for a reason, and yeah. and I think he's comfortable enough to be right back in there. So, man, I don't know, dude. Like, it was fun. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I also think, too – especially with, um, you know, public land deer that are not, that are, you know, in kind of the overlooked out of the way places that don't get like a whole lot of pressure. They mm-hmm. even, even if you do kind of booger them just a little bit, they're, they are so not used to seeing people or, you know, um, walking over guys walking in that, that there's a good possibility that that deer is going to be back during gun season, mm-hmm. you know, as, as opposed to, you know, uh, the deer that gets bumped every weekend, you know, um, yeah. cause guys are just in there all the time, you know, well, that deer is going to eventually just leave the country because they're like, okay, there's no safe place to be, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and, 
and so there, it's um, um, there's a there's a real good chance that you that you're going to see that deer um, again during gun season, you know, because that 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 opens up here pretty quickly yeah. for us. And well, that's going to be my then, first. That'll be my first. Yeah, gun sit will be in that spot. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and two like you're you're probably only looking like maybe total on that area over there. What four sits total maybe? Yeah, I, I can't see it unless, yeah. unless I'm just keep seeing deer, um, which I, yeah. I just don't think I will. I don't think it's the kind of spot you go in to see deer numbers. You go in there to kill the buck that you that. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Bobby Worthington or if it was Nathan Killen that was talking about this, but they talked about the different personality traits of some of the deer, and mm-hmm. and oftentimes. The reason, the reason why you watch, if you watch the Outdoor Channel or Pursuit Channel or whatever, and you go to these places that are highly managed and they're letting bucks live until they're five and a half, six and a half, seven, whatever, they're letting them live to an older age, you see a lot of these bigger deer come out in the daylight. And that's because the the personality traits. You have deer that are just going to be naturally social. They just want to be social. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll come out in the daylight. But when you're letting deer live until they're seven and a half, you're going to have some of these more social animals that come out, you know, in daylight. But still, they're going to have some bucks, even on like high fence places. Talk to anybody that owns a large high fence, you know, operation. And there's gonna, they're going to tell you that they have some bucks out there that they just don't see. They do not see in the daylight because they're not coming to the feeders mm-hmm. in the daylight. They're they have some that they don't even see at the feeders. They're, they're just they're reclusive animals, and I think on public the reason why a lot of the bigger bucks are reclusive is because that's the ones who have lived. You know that. Yeah. They're my, if if you left alone, let's say you left alone Cahaba WMA, and nobody was allowed to hunt it for, um, I don't know. 10 years, you would have big bucks out there that are just naturally social animals that would die, but you would still have some of those deer that live, that just die mm-hmm. of old age because they're just going to be reclusive. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a human personality, I guess, that you could say. Some, some of us yeah. love to be around people. Some people are you know extroverted and they love people, and some of us – would just rather be by ourselves the whole time um, because we're more introverted. So mm-hmm. I think some of these deer are that way. And this area, I think this specific buck is just, he's just a recluse. I think he's living over there with not a whole lot of deer. I'm sure there's enough does in there to keep him occupied deer in the rut. Um, but there's just not an abundance of deer sign. And on public land, a lot of times your reclusive bucks are going to be the mature ones. Because the other ones die yeah. so fast, you know, um, yeah. they want to be in yeah. the in the areas where all the does are at, and that's and that's great. But I think this this spot is he could be potentially the biggest deer that I've ever had an opportunity at, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I think it's if yeah. I can if I can kill this buck, it would be such a cool story. Just to yeah. it, it it would. I think I had the opportunity to learn a lot about deer hunting by hunting that buck right here and, yeah. and, and being smart about it and 
not going in there carelessly. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> I'm, it jacked me up. I was so tired. I literally took a nap after church today for like five hours because I was so tired. <laughs> um, my family left. They they left and went to some of our relatives' house, and I woke up and I was so confused. I was like, "Where am I? What's going on?" Because I was just I was just war slap out. But but it was worth it, man. It was it was honestly, it was one of those sits that you go into thinking, you know, I, I don't have a good chance going in, but. After the sit, you're like, mm-hmm, yep, I, I got to kill this deer. I was so close. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, that's that's been my. I think I think this week, um, I may take it a little bit. I may take it easy. Try to get some brownie points around the house. I hunted hard, you know, the last two weeks, and uh, I've got Kentucky coming up at the beginning of November, and then Missouri at the end of November. I got a lot, and then the rut kicks in here in December. So I got a lot of a lot of hunting to do. You got any any uh, plans for this week? Yeah, um, on Friday um, we were we were both texting for the tree. Me and a buddy went um, and tag team a piece of public uh, where we have always been here, and um, we didn't see. I mean, we didn't even see a squirrel. I mean. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, and, and um, so we, we got out about 930 because we hadn't seen, I mean, nothing. And and this, this is one of those spots where it's a natural travel corridor. Well, he um, calls it the honey hole, right? He calls it the honey hole. Everybody's got uh, a honey hole. and Everybody's got a honey hole. And and we we hunted it last year and saw deer last year and um, just did not see it. And I think one of the things, Parker, that, that, that I'm going to take away from these first two weeks, if we start early, next year is don't assume that the same places that have always held deer are going to hold deer. Yeah. You know? And, and that's what I did. It's just one of the spots was like, man, it's always held deer. Um, so let's go try it, you know? And, um, and so we did, didn't see nothing, but we, we, so we got down and we, we drove a little, we, we drove seriously like 200 yards down the road. And, it, and we went in on the other side of the road just to check another spot. And um, there's a, a a guy that said, you know, they had seen a big deer. And it was during daylight. And so uh, we went and checked this area out. And sure enough, man, there was a really big deer track in, um, in this area. And it doesn't look like one. It's like if you were to drive by and you would look at it and go, that's it's uh that don't look like a whole lot you know yeah. but um a big deer track and, and he's a heavy deer and a reason you can tell that is uh there's a doe track that's next to his track and he is sunk into the earth i mean he is he's a big joker and it's awesome the way it sets up because from from his track the way he was going into was he was going down to the water well the water's only 100 yards from from where we were at to 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 where, to where he was going, and 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 it slopes up to a high bluff, and on top of that bluff, there's there's a lot of bedding, there's little small pine pine thickets and um, stuff up there. So he he's either you know walking walking that bluff, or he's bedded down by the um, by the water, which is a hundred yards from from where he crossed. Yeah, and so there's there's a, there's a good possibility um, that that he's 
be in there. So I'm going to try to slip off and maybe try to hunt that this week. But we, what it's crazy because across the road, 200 yards down from, from where me and my buddy were hunting, um, there's a white oak that was dropping and deer, deer were smashing it. Hmm. And, and we, we were picking up acorns, we were picking up holes and, um, it, it was right off, it was right off uh, the side of this, um, 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 uh, forest road down through there and it was just covered up in deer tracks. And so, but it, we just happened to, you know, get out and, and go check it. And, and that's the thing guys, I mean, don't, don't just assume just because they've been hotspots for you in the past, you know, get out and check it. And then, and if you, you don't find the fresh sign there right now, then go, go put some boots on the ground and go, go, go find you some fresh sign and um and and get on it but that was the first that was the first big buck track that i've cut this year and um got me a little bit excited and jacked up well when you when you talk about that you you bring a good point up of not don't assume but also Mm -hmm. this is not the time of the season to go and blow out all of your best spots i had no there's there's two trains of thought here though you can go in like like in some of the spots that I go to during the rut. Like maybe I'll go and put one or two or three sits in a spot during the rut. I have some areas where during that time of the season I'm gonna spend the majority of my time there. Then I have some that I'm like I could go in here maybe one or one or two times and have an opportunity. Um, I may go into those areas in the early season because I have plenty of time to let it settle down before I'm going back and. Realistically, yeah. I don't have a lot of competition in as far as hunters go in the, the areas right. that I'm hunting. And so um, I can go and, and be fairly confident that I can just let it settle down. So you have that. But don't go into your best areas right now um, and and potentially ruin them for you early in the season. I think next year my, my plan is going to be to go in, if I know there's a spot, if I know there's an area that looks good on a map that maybe I haven't been able to scout, maybe I haven't been there, um, maybe I haven't been there in a long time, maybe it's a spot that I've been to before and haven't been there in a long time just because I didn't find the sign that I thought I was going to find, don't be afraid to go back in there, especially when things are different in the early season when you've got time. Go, Go into your new spots. Go be aggressive in a new spot that, if you if you don't see anything or you blow a deer out or whatever, you know if you jump a big buck that it's kind of a no harm it's no harm no foul type deal. Like mm-hmm. you just you just go in and be aggressive on a new area without putting in jeopardy some of the spots that you have. And maybe if you go into a new area, you might find, oh man, this is a great spot that I need to be hunting more. And and yeah. you can you can make your plans based on that. Like this is the time of year to really do, uh, or maybe not right now, but that time of, time of the season, um, those first couple weeks of of October, like, go in and find some some new ground. You know, be aggressive on some yeah. new ground, and and don't potentially ruin some of your best spots. I think that's the the biggest mess up that people do is. First thing in the their first sit, they're going to their best spot. I see that specifically on hunting clubs. They're like this is my best best spot. I'm going to go in there the first day, and maybe it works out. 
you know, maybe you got maybe run, running trail cameras and you go in and and kill your buck or whatever, but maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe you go in and potentially, you know, let a buck know that you're in there and things are different for the rest of the season. I think yeah. throwing maybe yeah. throwing one sit in an area isn't going to be too terribly detrimental to you, especially if you let it rest for a long, an extended period of time. But you start going in, man, and and spending all your time in the same spot, you can just go ahead and mark that off of the list of places that you want to hunt a lot in the future because you've already let the deer know exactly where you're at, what you're doing, and I just don't think that that's very smart. So, Yeah, yeah. That's yeah a, and, then, and then also, too, there's – there's the to go along with 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 that thought too is that if you if if you do have access to you know maybe maybe your family's got you know 10 15 five acres you know doesn't matter you know or maybe maybe you are on hunt club and and you've been hitting public hard you know hey throw throw a couple sits at that go go and knock you down some does you know and then yeah. um especially if it's got a greenfield early season you know go go and knock you down some some does and um and if, if you do, if if you haven't scouted you know and you don't want to just you know just blow up the band you know and <laughs> and just go walking down through there then then just just go sit on a greenfield somewhere you know ask a buddy and um go go and whack you a doe you know and yep. um and uh parker i i know we gotta you know kind of bring it to a close but i want to i want to uh this this is a cool story um was what happened last night, actually. Yeah, um, Saturday night. <laughs> That's what I was about to and, get into. Yeah, and uh, once again, this is this is that spot over there where um, I can I can go hunt it, and it's it, you you see a lot of deer. It's a great place to take kids because they can they can see deer, um, and um, so I I took both of my kids. The first time I've ever taken both of my kids with me. Um, last year I took them both individually, but this, this was the first time ever taking both of them. So we, we, we go and set up in the, in the blind and we're, we're there. And of course I brought snacks and I bring a whole bag of snacks and we eat our snacks in 20 minutes. And, um, and then we, we, you know, we, we eat our snacks and little man's like, I gotta pee. So we, you know, we, we. We, he pees out the window of the of the tree stand, and it's just this, it's just an absolute goat rope. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just it's just crazy. But somehow, some way, we had we had four does start coming in, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is going to happen. Like this is I'm I'm going to get to shoot a deer with both my kids are with me. It's going to be awesome. And so my a little girl who's six, she was she she saw the deer walk in. And like, Daddy, there's you know, I'm like, yeah, baby. You gotta be quiet. And my little man was playing his iPad, um, and I go, uh, you know, I, I kind of whispered to him, like, "Hey, hey, buddy, there's some deer coming in." And he goes, "Where? Where?" And he's like, you know, all the time, like, "Oh gosh," and and I'm like, "Right, shh." And the, I mean, they're they're at thirty yards, and I'm like closing. And so anyway, they 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 come in, and and I get to full draw, and. Um, both of my kids are trying to see these deer. Like they're they're trying to see the deer that daddy's gonna shoot. And I'm like, guys, stop, stop me. And and I'm at full draw. I'm like, y'all, stop, stop moving, stop moving, stop moving. And I'm, of course, I'm whispering this. The, the does are starting to get spooky because they can hear me whispering. And I'm like, right, don't move. But they're they're right here. The deer are right here. And he goes, where? 
and he looked up, and, and when he did, I mean, they just, I mean, obviously they 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 jumped, blew, ran, and ran off. And I was I was at full draw, was about to was about to send it, and uh, uh, it was it was it was it was. Frustrated for just a second, but then I was like, "Man, it's, it's all right. It's just, it's just deer hunting, you know. It's that's, it's, it's, it's okay." And so, was able to have a really cool moment with with both my kids there. Um, I, I will say this: it is extremely difficult to deer hunt with two youngins under the age of six. It is absolutely difficult, but it is really cool. And guys, if you get a chance, man, take them out. And because once again, it's not about killing deer, you know. Yeah. That's that's that's. That, that's the least of my concerns. That, but we, we got out. We we spent some time. They didn't they didn't they didn't have the iPad the whole entire time because I'm trying to teach them to sit, to be quiet, all that stuff. But it, man, it was it was awesome. It's a great experience. I got the full draw. Almost killed me another doe, you know. And the next time we 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 might get it done. But it was it was a cool experience, man. That's cool, man. That's that's uh that's I can't wait, honestly, and. I'm actually considering next year getting on a uh, a hunting club. Henley will be my little girl will be four next year, and mm-hmm. she's eat up with it. Like she she loves to go anytime I I ask her if she wants to go out. You know, do anything outside. Uh, we went squirrel hunting. She went hog hunting with me. We went fishing. A uh, little girl caught a first uh, a fish on the first cast of her life. So uh, I'm hoping mm-hmm. I'm hoping she's just got that good luck, and uh, and we can go out. But that the hunting club actually I went on with my buddy this past weekend. Um, I'm considering getting on it next year, and I'm going to hunt it a little bit more this year just to kind of get my bearings on it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like hunting public land more. It's more enjoyable for me personally. But I want mm-hmm. something like what you're talking about to be able to get my kids into it. And and to let them see deer, you know, I want them I want them to see deer, and have the same experiences that I have that got me hooked on it. And so, um, yeah, man, you know, people people say things. You know, if if I shot a buck on private land, I guarantee you that there would be the one guy or two guys on YouTube that would say something about it. But there does come a point where we just, you know, I don't care. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's, yeah, there's that. Guys, hunt. Hunt, hunt however you want to hunt. As long as it's legal, if you want to hunt public, hunt it. If you want to hunt private, hunt it. But as long as it's legal, hunt it. Have a great time doing it. And if you want to kill a four point, kill your four point. Send it. If you want to kill a fourteen, send it. If, if you want to kill a fourteen point, kill a fourteen point. You know, like just make sure you're going out and enjoying it. And and also just you know, this is <laughs> you're not gonna make it on real tree. You're just not. Like let's just go ahead and say it. Like you're yeah. you're not gonna make it on the outdoor channel. You know, you're more than um, likely it, not the next Bill Jordan. So, n- no, no. <laughs> so just go out and have a great time. Get your kids out and, and get them involved. Let them mess up a deer hunt for you. Just don't yell and scream and holler at them. You know, and yep. uh, and just 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 have a great time doing it because that's that's what it's all about, man. I mean, and and we we've said it over and over and and over again. Even even on if it's private land or, or public, you know, it's, it's not about the size of the image, the size of the adventure that you have on it. Yep. You know, heck yeah! And so get out and enjoy it, man. Well, I'm I'm with you on that, dude. And I think we'll wrap it up with that. I think that's a that's a good podcast. Lots of good stuff talked about here. Um, I'm looking forward personally to about the next three weeks 
as far as seeing mm-hmm. bucks killed in the state of Alabama and across the south. I think it's I think we're kind of getting into that time. I know a lot of states, especially thinking about Tennessee, they're starting to see a lot of buck sign open up. Um, we're still a little mm-hmm. ways away from seeing that in the part of Alabama that we hunt, but I think uh, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of that. Um, I personally feel as though, you know, I, I feel like my buck encounters are going to start going up in the next three weeks um, just because they typically do around that time of the season. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm I'm hoping that uh, the season's shaping up to be a, a high high number of deer kills. So I'm yeah, obviously man. super excited about that. But uh, Drew, it's almost twelve o'clock midnight, and you're trying to hunt in the morning. If I were to go hunting in the morning, I would have to wake up in three hours or two hours, and I'm not <laughs> really feeling that. So I'm not going to go hunting in the morning. <laughs> but uh, but if you go, good luck. <laughs> Everybody, it's hard, man. <laughs> yeah, it'll be hard to wake up. I'm, I do not, uh, I, I, I'm not jealous of you right now. I, I could hunt. <laughs> I could actually hunt in the morning. I'm just, I don't know. That all day sit, it got me. It got, I'm like, I yeah. need to, I need to chill out for a minute. So, anyways, <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap this up, guys. Make sure you check out Southern Ground Hunting on YouTube, at Southern Ground Hunting on Instagram. And Southern Ground Hunting on Facebook. Give us a like there. Going to be uploading some fresh content to YouTube very, very soon. We've got some already. If you want to watch, uh, I think we got f- four videos or something from this season. If you haven't checked check those out, check them out. Give us a subscribe, if you will. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. I made the mistake, Drew, of going and reading some reviews. <laughs> and and for the most part, they're good. But there are some bad apples in there. Uh, <laughs> so, um, whatever. You know, it it doesn't hurt my feelings. I can say, well, it kind of does. But <laughs> um, anyways, let's, uh, let's talk about, let's see, do we have anything else? Screegear.com, you can use Screegear. the code. You can use the code Southern Ground, all lowercase, all one word, and it'll save you a little bit at checkout. And I can guarantee you that you will not regret your purchase at ScreeGear.com. Um, and that is going to be it for this weekend. Remember this: if you are going to be in the woods, and I know a lot of you guys are going to be in the woods, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next time.